Hello and welcome along to the Family and Friends podcast. My name is Maxi. I'm one of the producers here at Family Creative and this is our new weekly podcast. Each week we plan to introduce you to some of the guys that we work with quite regularly and some people that we haven't even worked with at all yet. Our guest this week is creative producer and director India Rose Harris. India had her first taste of uh, on-location sort of shooting while on placement in New York and then returned to the UK and got a job at Puma where she sort of honed her skills. She's now freelance and now works regularly with international sports brands. We talk about directing remotely, accidentally calling the footballer Messi a shit on uh, the call sheet. And as always, we end with some advice for anyone looking to make a start in the industry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Family and Friends with creative producer India Rose Harris. India, thank you for joining us on uh, Family and Friends podcast. First time for you on, on, on the show. Um, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little bit sleepy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm good. Like, I feel like in good spirits and yeah, every, everything's everything's going well. <laughs> nice one. Um, so you say a bit sleepy for people listening. It's Saturday morning. Um, we've, you know, just uh, just about managed to find a window in your super busy schedule at the moment to just have a quick chat. Um, what have you been working on recently? What's What's been happening? Um, yeah, so recently I kind of, at the end of last year, I got offered this opportunity to come and direct a series for Red Bull um, with Acme Films. They're based in London. Um, and they said like right from the start, this is before we went like back into a lockdown, like it's all going to be like directing remotely, like over Zoom. And I was kind of like, oh, like it sounds like an amazing opportunity. Like, is it is it going to be difficult, like directing over Zoom? Like if everyone else is out on shoots, am I going to feel, am I going to have like FOMO? But um, it was actually like such a blessing. And like, it, like, I feel like I really like finessed it. Like as soon as I started this job, like we went into this like, national lockdown and so everyone was at home and I was like wow I'm like so fortunate that I've got this like six weeks long contract where I'm going to be like directing over zoom so doing something that I really love like with um and it's with music artists from all over the world so I was like this is so sick and like I always wanted to work with Red Bull um so yeah I kind of feel like I got like super lucky I know like you create your own luck but yeah I was like it's just like a nice job to have so yeah, I've been working on a series called 60 Second Solo, um, which is like run by Red Bull and it's like championing um, like producers and multi-instrumentalists. And we've just been working with um, different artists from all over the world. So we've been doing shoots in LA, New York, um, Australia, all over Europe and London. Um, yeah, and just working with like really incredible talent, like people who are non-vocally led. So. Um, yeah just all composing like originally composed 60 second pieces so it's been like really fun like the full process of like meeting these artists and then um kind of like commissioning them to like create a piece and it's all inspired by um like a genre of music so everyone's been like working to this brief and then yeah doing like these <laughs> doing these shoots like over zoom which has been like um, a challenge and it's been something different mostly because I felt like really I felt really self-conscious on Zoom at the start of it like oh this is so mad like being really bossy over Zoom like telling people what to do but it's actually been really good and it's really helped like build my confidence as a director especially because you have to be really organized and kind of on top of like what you're telling people to do because you can't physically be there or you can't you can show them um, references to an extent but just 
understanding that everyone has different abilities and different understanding and not everyone has had any experience of filming before so you, like you end up being like the director the art director producer <laughs> um the gaffer you end up like DOP like you're kind of telling them like how to set up their camera how to place the lights so that's been definitely a challenge and then also editing them at the end of like every episode and we've had um 17 episodes in six weeks so it's been intense but oh. it's, it's been it's been really good fun and like yeah I've like learned a lot and like, I've met like really amazing people and the like production company Acme films like they're really sick and like just working with them has been really really like nice fantastic amazing um well no that sounds like a great project um and it's I guess the perfect perfect thing to be involved in at a time like this you know so sort of keep things ticking along um so we'll jump into your sort of history uh whereabouts are you from india um what's your what's your sort of background uh where did you go to school what, what level of education did you uh did you sort of stay in until uh yeah where are you from um so i'm from suffolk well i'm actually from like the suffolk norfolk border um but i grew up like going to schools in suffolk um but it was just where I kind of grew up was like super rural and like <laughs> there was like not much there. There was like sleepy towns, like my closest, my closest town that I kind of grew up to was Stepford, but I went to like Barry St Edmunds schools. Um, but yeah, it was just very like sleepy. And like, I think as a kid, like I found it quite, um, quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I had definitely had a problem of being like told what to do at school. Cause I just, I didn't feel stimulated, I think. and. Yeah, I just, I think I struggled like growing up in the countryside. I just found it. I just always knew that I was like, I always knew I needed to be like in the city. Like I always wanted to be in London. That was like my dream. And like, I remember <laughs> I used to watch like Top of the Pops on like a Friday night and I'd be like, when I grow up, like when I'm 18, I'm going to go Top of the Pops. <laughs> and they'd be like well and I was like yeah I'm gonna live in London I'm gonna go to Top of Pops and be like dancing in the crowd <laughs> my dream so I just was always just desperate just to like get out as soon as I could but um and so like but because I did like a um I went to uni and I studied like textile design yeah. with business studies and so I, I was I've always been a creative I've never ever been academic like I'm really dyslexic so I just struggle with anything that's like on a page I just need to learn like physically um so like I see like once I kind of like left sick form um yeah I was just kind of I needed to do like a art and design foundation which I was just like pissed off about because it, all my friends had literally like left and gone to uni and I was like they're not even that fast like they're going to come back to Suffolk like they don't even want to leave like I was like desperate to leave and I've got to stay here for another fucking year <laughs> so I was like stuck there for like another year doing my art and design foundation but I, 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 the way like my process happened I'm actually really grateful because I think like I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason and that time like in my development was like really important just like figuring out like who I was and like what what I wanted to do really. The textiles um, was always your jam? No so, um yeah so like at school like I was always like I was always like an art kid like oh like I loved art I loved textiles I loved just making things with my hands like I was just so bad at everything else I was in like bottoms <laughs> like I used to get like 
yeah, I used to get like suspended from school just for doing like stupid things. I like, <laughs> got caught with like, I got caught with alcohol that had stolen off my parents in my religious studies class. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, the comedian one. I just, I think because I was really dyslexic and at the time no one knew and I just went to like a normal like state school like and like some of the, the one of the schools that I went to was like had performed like really badly in offset and went into like special measures and then I went to like the better school like Thurston but I just think like I just felt like I was never being given the opportunity that I knew I was like worthy of like I knew I wasn't meant to be in like bottom set maths bottom set science and you know like what comes with that is all the other kids who are in like it's not their fault like but all the other kids who've got like ADHD and everyone is like grouped in this one class because they're like a bit naughty or they can't concentrate but it's because we we just couldn't learn the same as other people and at the time like, I just don't think the school understood that parents like it was different back then like parents didn't understand that so like we you're just kind of like lumped together and then you just end up in this class full of other kids who are also like misbehaving right yeah you're not going to learn anything really are you like and I just I just always knew like even though I really struggled with like math science English whatever that I always knew that I was like I always knew that I could definitely do better but I was just not given the right opportunities so like yeah so like when I had like art and textiles I was just used to be in like heaven and drama I used to love drama I was like really theatrical (laughs) (laughs) anything and music I used to love music but anything I could do that was just like yeah just a a bit different and just meant I could be creative was like right up my street um so that when I like we actually had like we actually had like an amazing textiles teacher in a textiles department and we used to do like screen printing and we used to we used to do like embroidery. We used to like, they used to teach us how to pattern cut and we were quite young. And so like, we, I was really fortunate in that sense. And they'd take us to like, like amazing exhibitions in like um, London, like we'd go to like, the Fashion Textile Museum, like run by like, um, is it Zara Road? Um, yeah, so like, I just felt like that really inspired me. That was the only thing that was like really inspiring me at school. Um, and so like when I when I like finished sixth form I was like oh I need I want to go do like my art design foundation to try and get into like an art uni and then so yeah I did my my year there and I was like just so set on going to London I was like I really just want to go to like a London uni like I applied for like Centre St Martins and Chelsea College of Art London um, London College of Fashion like I would have taken any of them I was just desperate to be in London but I just I didn't get into any of them so I was like I was kind of like distraught <laughs> I was just like I really just thought that was like my destiny like oh, I was just really I'm meant to be in London but I also applied for um Brighton and Loughborough and Bath I think and I got into all of the other ones just not the London ones um so my second choice was always Brighton and I was like I really liked it there and like everyone like it's a really creative like like city it's kind of like it is a city, but I still see it as a town. It's not like, I don't even know if it's a city actually. It's, it's kind of like, it felt like I was going to like, cause where I'm from like Barry St. Edmunds is kind of like a small town. It felt like a version of that, but on the sea and like definitely cooler. And everyone, <laughs> everyone's a bit more like liberal and like just like free, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, I went to, and then so I went into um, textile design with business studies. <laughs> At the time, I was like, I, I think I just wanted to do a textile course. But it had it had business studies like, attached to it, and I was like, whatever, we'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really understand like, what I was getting myself into. But 
um yeah and then I specialized in print um print design so I was like screen like my my degree was essentially screen printing which like it was actually just like the best fun like just being creative every day and like being in a studio like it's the most I've ever applied myself in in my life like I think I went through school feeling like not like I just was not good at anything I just thought I was shit at everything and like no one no one understood me <laughs> and then I went to Brighton and like where every day you could be creative you could be in a studio you didn't even have to pick up like a pen and paper like you can just like make with your hands like you can experiment you can like it was like physical labor like it was really physical as well like screen printing like like having like giant screens that you're washing out and coating and um and just like screen printing like meters of like fabric and yeah I, I literally loved it it was like such a good time and like I was just really like zone I was just really like zoned on like just doing well and just like really pushing myself and like I actually feel like I did the opposite of what people do when they go to uni like I just I just like really concentrated on like yeah but I mean no, I guess it, it all it took was a course that you really loved uh and that sort of that validation you feel when you're doing something that you really enjoy and it makes you feel good like is it it must be kind of frustrating you know that you didn't have that at school um and then I mean did you see a lot changing yourself when you were at university like did you see the, the sort of learn more about yourself and, and learn you know maybe oh this is who I was you know maybe supposed to be the whole time or this kind of thing or the thing at school is I, I always knew and even now I still I can still feel it like I always knew I was capable of doing like really big things and like I'm not like digging out anyone who went to school but I always knew like I will be like I will be like successful I just had this mentality and I and like I just I always thought to myself like I know I'm not the best at stuff but I know I'm really driven and I know that I will whatever I end up doing I'll just put my mind to it and I'll make I'll make it successful so I knew I always had this ability and I knew I knew I was always like creative and like I had good ideas and like I kind of even carried that through to uni like I even thought at uni like I know I'm not the best in the class but I know that I'll like work my ass off and like and I think like even if I'm not even if I'm not the most creative or the most talented like some people were just like insanely talented like they could draw like you sit there and like sketch out a person that like, I could never do that but I knew that I would work like 10 times harder than anyone else and like I think that was kind of always like that was kind of always my like motivation and I think I always had this thing where I was like I still have it now and like I know I don't need it but I've got this thing where I'm like I need to prove people wrong <laughs> that's a, like bad way of doing it because like my dad always says to me like India you don't have any you don't need to prove anyone wrong now and I'm like I know but like you know it just sticks in your head like I think my first day at sick form I had this like guy that I knew that I'd been to school with when I was in sick form and he like came over to me and said like India what are you doing here like how did you get into sick form and you know when things like stick like that in your head and I was like right fuck you like I'm literally gonna show it all I'm gonna like prove to all of you like and I've always had that like proper mentality I need to prove you wrong I need to be I need to be this it's but, strong motivation though that's really strong motivation yeah. yeah but then in the same breath like I'm also a very private person so I don't really I don't really I don't I like don't like to share much of like when I'm like working on something, I'll never, I'll never talk about it. I like to just like, I just like to let it come out and it just happened naturally. Cause I, I also like, I'm, I feel like very like self-conscious of being like, I don't like to overshare. I think it, I just would rather just like do my thing and just like let things like 
come out naturally and then people just be like oh okay <laughs> do you know <laughs> instead of being like oh, I'm doing this <laughs> I, I'll never like shout about stuff just in case like, it doesn't work out or for some reason I've really like massively fuck up <laughs> and then I'll be like I'm living it with me <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah and then like Brighton was just like incredible for me like and we're like I'm actually so blessed that Brighton happened to me because I had like it was a four-year-long course and one of the years you had to do a like a year out in industry so like a lot of the courses they encourage you to like intern in the summer but with this we actually had to take a year out and it was a part of our like the points went towards like our final grade and I was just like um I applied for like I applied for like a print internship in like H&M in Sweden and like that was like my dream at the time I was like oh my god I really want to go to like Stockholm and like work at H&M like doing their print department and I didn't get it and I was like proper guided like it really like knocked me back because I was like like you know when you just really question your ability and then um and then this like opportunity came up and it was at DKNY in New York and I was like oh my god I was like I'd love to go to New York. At the time I was just like, I want to go to New York. Like, I just love to like live abroad. And um, the lady, um, Cindy Howlett, who was like, um, she was like the head of print at DKMY. She like called me up and she's like from, cause I'm from Suffolk. Like I only live like 40 minutes away from Norwich. And she's like from Norwich. So like this, we were just like chatting about just like local stuff like that. Just <laughs> like ridiculous accents. And we just like really hit it off. And she was like, yeah so we'll, like I know we advertised for like three months but do you want to come out for six months and just like work in New York? and I was like yes oh, <laughs> and I was like dad's gonna go um because <laughs> I couldn't have done it without like my dad like helping me but um yeah so I went out to New York and like worked like interned at DKNY which was just the most like surreal like I said even now like that to me was like such a pivotal time and that was like yeah I really felt like that just changed so much for me like it opened I went from like being like 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 just like really like small town like just like sleepy to like being on like photo shoots of like Cara Delevingne and like ASAP Rocky and like that was just like blew my mind and that's in my head that like, I always knew that I was capable of doing stuff like that and I was like it's you know when you say like you like I really believe in manifesting I know people are like that's bullshit but I really think like if you say something and you really believe something like it will happen and that for me was like enough like a reaffirming moment like okay like this is what I'm meant to be doing and I suppose like even though I was working in the print department um, I used to be like, oh, like, what do like marketing do? I'd always be asking like, oh, what, what go, like, what does this person do? What does that person do? Like, oh, can I go down to, like, I'd know that they'd be doing like a big campaign shoot at like Times Square, because our office was at Times Square. And I was like, can I just go down? And they're like, yeah, yeah, just go down there and like, you can hang out for the afternoon. And I just go there and I just stand and watch and just be in like absolute awe, like, what the fuck, this is insane. <laughs> I was like, it just like literally blew my mind. Um, so like, and then after that, like, I just felt like stuff changed and I just had this whole new, like, I just had like laser beam focus, like, okay, I, I get it now. Like, I know that this is possible and I know that I can do this. And like, so yeah, that was kind of like, that was kind of like my like click moment. And they, um, Cindy actually like left in the time that I was there. And, um, so I had to go back to London because my visa had expired, but they were like, do you want to come back out and like work freelance for us for like, for like, I can't remember how long it was, like a summer or something. And we'll like pay you and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, yes. So like I came back to London and I did like an internship at House of Holland. 
um, like in like embellishing whilst I sorted my visa. And then I went back out to New York and worked there. And like I hadn't even finished uni. Like that to me was just like insane. I was like, I can't believe that. Yeah. Oh man. And they were paying me like $20 an hour. And I was like, that's so much money. <laughs> like oh my god I'm rich <laughs> making it rain I was like $20 an hour that is so much money whereas in New York like that doesn't even last you like a day but <laughs> yeah I was just like yeah it was just like incredible and then I came back and finished uni um yeah and then after uni I was just like I don't want to work in fashion <laughs> I just like just hated it like all of a sudden I was like this is not what I want to do um and like, I didn't want to be a print designer. I just, I kind of felt like, I just, I think I just got fed up. Like, because obviously like, I've spoken about all the, the nice things that happened, but then on the backside of that, like <laughs> I was working crazy, crazy, crazy hours. I just felt completely worn out. I was only like 21 or 22. Like the time that I was there would have turned 22. And like, I was like, I just didn't feel cut out to do it. I was like, working like seven days a week like I was working till like 1am like they'd book me like a big SUV to like take me home and then pick me up at eight in the morning to bring me back do you know what I mean and it just got to the point where I was just like I don't know if this is what I'm meant to be doing like I don't care enough about clothes (laughs) I don't care enough about this and like even though it was like insane I was just like I need a break after I finished my degree I was like I just need a break from like fashion um and so I like applied for this graduate job at Puma um, and it was like working in their like marketing team. And I was like, everyone was like, that's such a weird decision. Like, that's so like, do you really want to like do that? And I was like, I just want to do something different. And like, even if I do it for a year, like, it's just, do you know what I mean? Like, so I applied for it whilst I was still at uni. And um, and then like on the week that I had like my hand in for like my final collection, like, like it was just super stressful. I was also having my like final interview at Puma. And like, so- <laughs> Before I, like before I finished uni I had this job at Puma which was like again like I just I, like it was just like really well timed so I kind of came straight out of uni had like a couple months off and then went straight into this job and then like working in the marketing department at Puma was just yeah like just like again just such a like just changed everything for me. What kind of work were you doing at Puma for that first bit? I was so I was working on um, the sports style marketing team, which like to like everyone else's lifestyle. So it's not none of the performance product or football or anything. So nothing you'd wear to the gym. It's all stuff that, you know, you just wear out to meet your friends, like stuff you'd buy in JD Sports or on ASOS. Um, and at the time there was just three of us. There was like um, Tom who worked in like PR, does like brand managing. And then Anna, my boss, who was like, who was just kind of running all of the retail side of it. And then I was just helping between the two of them. So there was, there was three of us. And like now, like the Puma team is so big. Like, and I look back at that time and I was like, that was such a like pivotal time for Puma as well. Cause it was, I remember when I joined, like we were just about to launch like the um, Rihanna, like Fenty Creeper. I don't know if you remember those, like the thick sold. Um, no, I don't know if I saw them, yeah. They were like such a thing. Like everyone was obsessed with them. <laughs> um yeah so that like I joined like just before they was about to launch and that I feel like that really changed stuff for Puma and like their lifestyle department was suddenly overtaking their performance side so like before they'd been a really predominantly based like performance company and like they'd always been selling you know like stuff you wear to the gym or football boots 
um and then like like out all of a sudden like that was a shift when everyone started wanting to wear like track suits and like um trainers like train like everyone would just would tra- like I know people have always worn tracksuits and trainers but it just felt like a shift in like fashion trends or whatever it is like the retailers suddenly started wanting to stock like more lifestyle product and so like I was because we were such a small team like I was like and I was doing marketing but we were doing like events we were doing like the creative for, for events that we were throwing and back then though like, we used to throw like well I didn't Tom did but we used to throw like such sick parties like I remember we had like a launch for like um do you know bait you know babe yeah, yeah. um yeah like we did we had like a collaboration with them so it was like Puma times babe and we threw this like mad we threw this like mad party in like East London um, and we had like Mick Jenkins perform and like Kalani showed up and like Crepton Cronin were there and like and it was just like it was just like a proper like party where everyone just like like just proper had like fun um and like I just feel like we don't like in London like we don't I know like none of us have been out in ages but like at it just felt like like just such a like cool it just felt like right in the moment of it and I was like this is so like again it just like blew my mind and I was like this is insane and then we were working on like photo shoots and that's when like (laughs) when I started that's when like I remember like a week into being at Puma they were like so have you heard of like what an influencer is and I was like (laughs) and they're like yeah we're really like pushing like influencer marketing and that was the time when like yeah that was the switch from like traditional marketing to like influence marketing and we'd find like we'd find like relevant people like and like obviously like influencers or music artists or whatever they were and stylists bloggers and like we start working with them and that's when we'd also we're like um developing like brand ambassadors so um yeah just like looking at people who would actually feature in the campaigns and then we used to do like the creative and then we'd work on all the photo shoots and that's what kind of like really got me into like being on photo shoots and stuff but um yeah I kind of I kind of was like I'd been there for like a year and a half and I was just like own we were working with so many freelancers and like influencers and creatives or whatever and I was like I could just I could see like all these like this like young network of people who were super creative and like you know working with different brands as well as Puma and I was like oh my god like I could be doing that like I really I really just I'd always knew that I wanted to work for myself and I was like I'm just gonna like it's scary but I'm just gonna like take a leap of faith and just go and be freelance and I was like I have no idea what I'm going to be free like what I would even say I am because I remember when I first went freelance I'd meet up with agencies and be like yes yeah, so like I can do like graphic design and like, I could do my <laughs> um, and no one no one had a clue like what I could actually what I actually was doing I didn't have a clue what I was doing but I, it was like at the time it was like really scary but I just knew I needed to do it um but then I, like I got so like fortunate really because my first job that I did after I went freelance was for Puma and they said because I've been like running all the shoots like in-house even though like I never knew I never knew what a producer was it took me about a year to work out what a natural producer was because I never heard I've heard that word but I didn't actually know I had no like formal like film training or production training I had none of that I just kind of like fallen into it and they were like yeah we've got this like um we've got this like collection launching with like JD Sports um, 
we've got like a couple of ambassadors. So it was like, at the time it was like Sinead Harnett and Emerald, um, Emerald Rose Lewis. And um, they were like, do you want to like do the creative and like produce the shoot? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so that was my first, like, that was my first job, like actually doing the creative and producing like a camp. It was a, like, admittedly, it was a small campaign, but that was like my first job as a freelancer. And, and then after that, like it just kind of just dominoed from there. And I was just, and then I was kind of just meeting more people when I was on shoots and just like, I was working a lot with, with Josh Cohen, the director. Um, Cause at the time like he was just doing like, um, yeah, he was like just doing like videography briefs and we kind of used to work together a lot. And as he was kind of turning into more of a director um, he would say to me like do you want to come and produce this like do you think you could produce this and I was like I don't know I can try and like we, we shot like a we shot like a car advert in like Westfield shopping center <laughs> and it was it cost us like the budget was like 10 grand but between me and Josh we were like we'll just make it happen we'll just do it and we actually did it like do you know what I mean like we we were just like really hungry just to like do something different and then I was producing for stills as well with my friend Dean Mandel um so I was kind of like between like these worlds where I was like help like working with my friends and like and then just now actually off the back of that other brand started like hitting me up and saying like we've got this coming out like do you want to work on a deck like I, I kind of at the time I didn't really know what it was but I was like yeah I can do like a, a deck like of like inspirations and stuff but really like now I look now I look at it I'm like I was doing creative I was like being a creative director and a producer but I had no idea what either of those things were really I just started doing it and then it wasn't until someone I was at a party with one of my mates and they were like this is India she's a producer and I was like <laughs> and I was like and in my head I was like a producer and then I remember I went through such a phase where I was like telling everyone I was a producer I'd be like yes I'm a pro I'm a producer <laughs> I was like so proud of it because I like suddenly learned what a producer was and then I was like oh my god that's what I do um yeah, and then I suppose it's just all kind of like dominoed from there, really. It's funny how like you sort of learn those roles, like yeah. while sort of working as them. It's strange, isn't it? Like when I first joined Family, I didn't really know what a producer did, but I was a producer. That's what it said <laughs> on the bottom of my email signature, at least. Um, and yeah, I guess, I mean, how did you make the, then do that tr uh, transition between sort of producer and uh, creative producer like like you are now uh, and director and all these sort of different things like has it always been a case of you've always had like a few different avenues of things and you don't you you haven't really want to put yourself in any one of those things like yeah I think I think I've always had this thing where I've always um I've always seen what other people were doing and it's always really inspired me and even if I can't do it I've always been like I really want to try that or like even even to an extent like I'm not a photographer but I love I love images and I love image making and visuals so like even when it boils down to like I've got this project coming up and I know I can partner myself with a really exciting photographer so I kind of feel like I'm living through them do you know what I mean because it's like when you're when you work on creative um and you're also a producer you have you're you're pulling together teams of people which means you're bringing together like all of this crazy talent and it just feels that feels really exciting for me like that's kind of why I really enjoyed being a producer because I was like oh my god I can put together this team and create some like something that's living in my head like through these people um 
so I suppose like I always wanted I always like likes keeping all my options open and I'm just one of those people that like never I never say like I'm I'd never say no to something because I don't think I'm able to do it like I'd always just be like I'd always just like make it work um which like looking back is kind of stupid but um and like I've definitely taken on things that I shouldn't have and but I, think, I think when you're a freelancer like especially at the start when you're not established and you're just like hungry to like prove to people that you can do stuff you just like go out there and just do whatever you can just to get experience even if you know you're probably like blagging it a bit and so there's definitely there was definitely an element of that at the start but um yeah I think I've always just enjoyed I think I've always enjoyed like even now like I like obviously this year like I said like I really want to focus on directing um I, th I think it took me a while to feel confident enough to say that I actually wanted to be a director I think because I worked with so many amazing directors and then I'd always been their producer or I'd always worked on creative or like in some way and then to suddenly be like okay actually I'm want to be the director now I almost felt I had like imposter syndrome like oh I'm, maybe I'm not good enough to do this I definitely had a I've had the most doubt out of everything for being a director like I felt really undeserving at the start like I'm not meant to do this even though I know I'll do a good job but like I had like I think last year was like really good for me because I kind of just had like a fuck it moment where I was just like do you know what like I am really good at this and I've got my niche and like directing is not going to be my sole thing but I do really want to focus on it like I just want to I'll maybe not even like I just want to be a filmmaker I just want to like I, I want to do like all the different elements it is to like making a film because I'd never really spent I'd never really done personal projects and like I'd always been so like concentrated on just like reaching my goals and just getting to as far as I could like in terms of like everything else that I was doing like production or creative so I'd, I'd always put like my own personal identity and stuff like on the back burner and like any personal like friends used to say to me like you should do personal projects like why don't you do that like and I was just like, oh, I don't know, like, it's not the right time. Or I'd just always be like, I'm too busy. I'd never make time for it. And now I feel like I'm really in a place where like, okay, I'm in a, I'm in a place where I can do this. And I really want to show people like my, my own personal style because I've got, because I have this design background, I feel like a lot of people don't, don't like know this about me. And like, so I just feel like I really, I feel like I've got, a lot to like give and I've got a lot to like find out within myself and it's kind of like it's exciting for me because it's like a new path that like directing feels like I can just put my own identity into it and then like all the stuff that I've got all that experience from like working on creative and production can be like my day-to-day -day, like bread and butter so I feel like yeah I'm at like a I'm at like a nice place where I can like dip in and out of different things yeah. um, and directing can be like almost like my passion project yeah so do you think you sort of has there ever been any time where you think you would have been better marketing yourself as just one of the things that you do because I you know similar to you I, I sort of dabble in quite a few different things like not really directing yet but I would quite like to have a go at that as well um but part of me thinks as you were saying earlier you know everyone knows you as a producer if then you start kind of maybe selling yourself for something else you might sort of confuse people slightly and am, am I going to book this person to do this job when I know that they're also kind of maybe doing quite a lot of other things am I better off maybe choosing someone who is a sole creative producer or a sole director or a sole producer like I don't know does that ever cross your mind 
definitely. And I think like um, even the other day I had a phone call with someone from an agency and they were like, oh, we've been so desperate to work with you. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, but I can't remember what they said. They said, we've got this brief and like, we're not sure if you can do it. Like, we're not really sure what you do. And I do think there's an element to like, because I'm not super vocal on social media and I'm not very good at like, I'm not very good at like plugging myself really. <laughs> I kind of just, uh, social media just gives me, even though like I love it, like I love looking at visuals and I sit for hours on TikTok. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at like being very vocal and like plugging myself on social media. It gives me a lot of anxiety, which I'm sure it does for most people, but I just, I'm very overwhelmed by the thought of people seeing my work and like being disapproving of it or just putting myself out there, I suppose. Um, so like, I think there is an element of people are probably confused about what I do. Um, and I suppose like, I suppose I was getting frustrated because a lot of people, I was majority of the time, like I'd put out a campaign and where I had worked on the creative, I I pretty much acted as an agency, but on my own. So like with most of the Nike cat, well, not most of them, but I'd say like, like half of the Nike campaigns that I've worked on, I've been a, I've been the agency where Nike have come directly to me I've um put together like a creative proposal like a deck and then I've produced it and I've like worked from it from the start to end it's been my project and like people were then coming to me and being like oh my god you're such a sick director um sorry you're such a sick producer like can you work on this for me and I and I was like almost upset because I was like I feel like I'm not upset but I just feel like Oh, people just uh, just just see me as a producer which is like I am really proud of being a producer because I'm proud of like the work that I've worked on and the people that I work with but it was it felt like almost a shame because people were bypassing the bit that they really loved about the campaign which was the creative and just going coming to me because I'm a good producer and, and I was like uh, that was kind of like that's been frustrating and then, but then I suppose like I've kind of come into my own now where I know that I'll only take on jobs where I really feel, I really feel passionate about it. And I, but I do think that people are probably still a bit confused about what I do, but I think going forward, like I've like this year has been a massive pivotal change for me. Cause like even working on this Red Bull job, like directing something for six weeks and editing for six weeks is um, that's like the direction that I want to be working on. And I've said like, if I'm going to work on a production with someone it's only because I really want to do it and uh, like if I'm going to produce something solely and not work on the creative it's only because I really want to do it or I think the creative's cool like this year like I do just want to focus on directing and working on creative because those are my strongest suits like I being a producer was almost like a byproduct of working on creative because I was bringing my ideas to life and I was like so like determined to, to deliver something to a high standard that I kind of like I became a good producer I suppose and I just don't, yeah I, I do like I still see, like I'm proud of being a producer and like that's why I call myself now a creative producer because I don't I think the title of being like creative director producer and director is just <laughs> really <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful yeah people are definitely people definitely do get confused about what I do but I'm I'm not mad about it because I'm really happy and content and like I know that I'm working on the things that I want to work on and like I just believe that what like the right thing will come will show up when it happens um 
and like it's worked for me like I feel like it's worked for me so far I've never gone out there like I've never actually gone out there like pushing myself to people which I feel like as a director I actually kind of do need to do that like the creative and production stuff has always just come to me but with being with a, a director I feel like because people don't know that that's what I want to do or that's what I have been doing and like even if you saw my Instagram you might you'd maybe just look at it and just think oh she she produced it um when actually I'd actually directed it done the creative and I'd like to some level produced it so I think it's just like I feel like as a director I probably do need to put myself out there a bit more and I, I but I think like I'm one of those people that like I don't like sharing anything until I'm fully happy with it I'm very like I'm very like precious about stuff and like it gives me a lot of anxiety like putting something out there that I'm not happy with so I suppose this year is just that's what I want to focus on like just like making like making visuals or yeah like directing and just working on creative and then if production work comes up <laughs> and it's, yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah so I suppose maybe, maybe I don't know I think it was I think it's worked for me so far nice one yeah no I mean like yeah you seem to have had a really good few years I mean for sure I mean even just from like your placement uh not even your placement like that intern ship in in the states and stuff that must have been you know completely mad um so our next section is sort of I mean we're talking about like biggest opportunities and stuff um would it be that internship do you think because it exposed you to the environment um at that kind of at that period of your life yeah I think I think there was probably two moments for me where one was that like I think just going just going to New York like I'd never been I'd never been to America it was the first time I'd like ever been anywhere on my own and I'd never been to America I didn't know a single person but I was just so hungry for it um but yeah I think and there's just the fact that like me from Suffolk was like working at DKMI was just <laughs> and like just just being there that was just a massive like that was just a massive moment for me like and I, it opened my eyes like like to thinking that okay I can actually achieve these things and even though like I that's the first time like I'd ever been on a set and I'd always wanted to work on photo shoots even I had no idea like what that job was even called or like all the different elements of it and like seeing those like photo shoots and like yeah like work, even working at like New York Fashion Week like yeah like being backstage at like New York Fashion Week I was like this is fucking crazy it was uh, even now like I still can't believe that that happens because I feel like even now that doesn't happen to me <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and like at the time like being being around like having access to like people who are like on a global level like who are like like they're not just celebrities but they are like like supermodels do you know what I mean and like like I did that I did that photo shoot I always like use this as a reference because like this to me even now I felt like I'd really made it <laughs> but I did they DK and I were doing this photo shoot at Times Square and the talent was um Cara Delevingne who at the time was like the biggest supermodel in the world like she was like on everything and every campaign um Jordan Dunn um ASAP Rocky Dylan Ryder, who is a skateboarder, who's not, he actually passed away. And then um, Eliza Cummings. So like, they were like five, like huge, huge, huge talent. And I was just like, I can't believe that. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. 
so like working on like shoots like that and yeah that kind of opened my mind like just seeing that that was like a big pivotal change um just in the way that I would just like just how I saw stuff and I was just like hey like this is actually achievable like you can actually work on stuff like this um and then um and then yeah I suppose getting that job at Puma like that changed everything for me because like uh, after that I kind of the whole like I went down a very like I went down a very like commercial route and um, I spent when like in the years that I was like applying to go to like art school in London I probably thought that I was like way more arty than I was and like going to Brighton like was always like a bit more the work that I used to work on even my tutors used to say like your work's very commercial and I used to get like upset about that because I was like I don't want to be commercial like, I want to be like arty and like Alexander McQueen and do you know what I mean like very like painterly and like conceptual which I wasn't I wasn't and I never will be and like now I realize that about myself and like going to Brighton and then going to DKNY was kind of like the right path because that was all like commercial and then going to Puma just like took me down this commercial path and like I feel so fortunate that I did go down that path because especially in freelance because like you'll know like working with commercial stuff like there's just endless opportunities yeah. and like you know there's so many like levels to it and you can work on like really big stuff and really small stuff and you know you're always working with talent or music artists or ambassadors or like there's always exciting people so I just feel like it kind of opened me up into this world of like just like so so much happening all the time turnaround was really high um like it was always my dream to like what after Puma I was like it was always my dream to like work for like Nike and like do the creative for a campaign and like produce it and stuff and like that happened within like two years of me being freelance and I just couldn't I, again I just couldn't believe it so I feel like that was like just such an important in such an important period of time for me absolutely yeah no, it sounds it <laughs> sounds wild <laughs> um uh, right my favorite section is after the opportunities after the highs of um just yeah being in that environment and just having so much fun when has things really gone like badly on a shoot uh what's what's like your biggest clanger what's when, when has the shit really hit the fan on a job and you think the world is ending I suppose like I suppose because I'm um, but I suppose because at the time like I probably took on jobs where um I was like managing like everything on my own and I'm not a production company and like I, I literally work on my own I had no one helping me so like I suppose like the worst it probably has been is where I've taken on jobs where I've definitely shouldn't have taken it on because the budget's been too low but because I'm just desperate to work in the industry or like I'm just desperate to work with this brand or whatever that it just was never achievable or it's just put me in like a really difficult position where like yeah like some jobs that I've just worked on it's just been such a headache and I've just I've been doing it on my own I actually just felt like really like low like I just felt like so stuck like I've just I've taken on this massive job all on my own which normally a production company would be doing and like I'm sat here like up until like 1 or 2 a.m and then up at 6 trying to fix problems and like manage people I suppose like that has probably it's not like that's probably like the worst it's been and like there's been a couple of jobs like that like I did yeah like I did a job with um I did a job with Nike which was like probably we we de we we definitely like delivered it but it was like testing and it was all like shot on like 
green screen with like loads of CGI and I'd never worked on that before and that was a bit of like a oh shit moment like um like have I proposed something which I don't actually know if I can deliver um and like the budget was super tight and it, like I just learned a lot from that job like because I was yeah like I, I literally called my mum one night and I was like my hair was literally falling out I'm not even joking like I was so stressed I'd like just felt ill. I just felt like I couldn't cope. And like my hair was like falling out. Cause I was just like, I'd done like, I'd been on like back to back jobs and I just said yes to everything. And there was too much going on. And then I'd done this big like green screen shoot and film where I had to deliver like six films and there wasn't enough budget for it. And then the like 3D guy just did a runner on me the day that it was meant to be delivered. And I'm like, I'm literally doing, I'm doing this on my own. Like, and like, if I don't deliver this, I then owe like, maybe like 50 grand's worth of money to people. If Nike, like if Nike for some reason don't pay me, which obviously they never, they never would not pay me. But like in my head, that was the rationale, like fuck, like have I really fucked up? Like I, what am I gonna do if I owe people 50 grand and I don't have that money because I can't deliver this campaign. So it's moments like that when you're on your own and I was just like, fuck, like I, that was like really low points. Um, but, but then like, I made it work and it happened and we delivered it and everyone's super happy and I've still like worked with Nike. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? like, It's just, it's more like behind the scenes stuff, like just the the pressure of it. And like, I always say that I've got like high performing anxiety. I'm driven by my anxiety. So like that was just a really stress induced period of time. Mm. Mixed that, like I was work, take just doing too many other jobs and also trying to like, hold down like a relationship and also like trying to go on holidays and do like normal things but you don't feel normal because you just feel so overwhelmed so that was kind of that was like kind of a low point for me um and that was only like two years ago so last year for, for me felt like when we were in the pandemic felt like a proper reset because yeah. at the start of last year I was like fuck this like I need a break I need to just go and switch off like I cancelled all my work told everyone I was leaving and I well, like me and my boyfriend went traveling <laughs> but we came back six weeks later because of the pandemic hello like hi I know I said I was leaving but I'm actually back and I know we're in a pandemic but if you want to give me some work I'm here <laughs> but it was actually, actually it was such a good time just to reset and just actually think and like the year before I'd been so busy back to back, like doing some of the biggest jobs that I'd ever done all, but like all by myself or like with like one other person. And, um, but then like last year, even though it was like one of the craziest years, like from, cause I, my car, I essentially run a, a business cause I, I, I'm set up as a production company, even though I don't tell anyone that, <laughs> but, um, but like my, like as a company, like I like did just as well from the year, that I was doing that crazy year where I was doing back to back stuff and I was made my I made myself ill. I got really ill at the end of that year, that crazy year. And um but my company last year, even though we were in a pandemic, did pretty much the same. And I'm like, okay, like you can actually optimize what you're doing, India. If you just slow down, really pick the right jobs, you don't have to work stupid hours and you can work more efficiently, effectively, and still like do as well. So that was kind of a really big learning curve for me. And like, I don't have to be the, I don't have to be the busiest and like the most stressed and like the most anxious to be successful. Like you can actually have a work-life balance um, and still do all these things.
yeah and then I suppose like one other <laughs> one other thing that kind of haunts me um is that I once so I was working with um in soccer bible <laughs> and like I've been working with them for a while and they were like India we've got this shoot coming up with Messi and like do you want to produce it and I was like yeah okay I'll produce it and then everyone else they were like Messi Messi what you're, you want to work with Messi and I was like yeah like like I didn't realize that, that that's a really big deal everyone's like that's like the Beyonce of football <laughs> like holy shit I can't believe we're doing that and I just I just thought it was like just another like football shoot but instead we were doing it in Barcelona um <laughs> and they were like you need to put together like this deck and like it was like everything about this shoot was like down to like the fine details and like they were super super like on it and you know it was very like um it was very like corporate in a sense like it wasn't I'm I'm quite like casual and laid back like even with like my clients that I work with we kind of just chat openly like this but with on this job it was very corporate and you know we had to be like we had to have our best speaking voices and do you know what I mean like we had to be like I had to be super on it basically and I sent them this deck <laughs> and even and so I sent it all over to them and it was basically what we're going to do like the shot list like what what pieces we're shooting with him because we had like 20 minutes exactly nothing more nothing less you had to you had to organize everything down to the final 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 detail like you couldn't do anything extra or spontaneous on the day. They just wouldn't allow it. <laughs> and I sent this deck and then they sent it. They came back to me like um, maybe like a couple hours later. They were like, hi India, um, on page three, um, it says like, we will shoot one time shit. <laughs> <laughs> one time shit. And then like in like, in look one, like one time shit. And I was like, oh my God. And they were like, Oh, I can't remember what. Um, and they were like, "Did you mean shirts?" And I was like, "I actually meant shots." But you know, like I and O on a laptop. Like, uh. <laughs> I've been so busy, and I'm like, oh, I design on InDesign, and it's spell check. So I just send stuff, which is again is another thing I've learned. Always check your decks before you send them. So I sent this deck to Messi's team, saying shooting one time shit <laughs> instead of. <laughs> And even now that still haunts me because they came back and they were like, do you mean, do you mean one time shirts? And they didn't even say the word shit. They were too like embarrassed to say it. And I look, I look back at it and I like messaged Harry from somewhere. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to send Messi this deck calling it my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But uh, we're all human aren't we <laughs> oh man that's brilliant i love it um one question that i was going to ask you over sort of all the time you've been uh finding a way you know within the industry have you ever had anyone that's like really mentored you and really sort of helped you um anyone you've turned to when things have kind of come you know come on top a little bit or you've felt a bit out of your depth sometimes is there anyone that you've always had that you can maybe call up and, and have a little chat with for 20 minutes like do you know what I have like an amazing network of like other freelancers but up until recently like I'd never worked with I'd never worked with other I didn't know any other producers because I'd always been a producer and like since I've started to direct more I'm and like since I've started to take a step back from producing I've proactively been working with more producers so like there was like a few years where I never actually had anyone and like I didn't really I didn't really know what I was doing I was actually proper winging it 
Um, and I, I did actually feel really, I had like people that I would go to when I was stressed, but I didn't, I, I really felt like I had no one, even though there were so many people there for me and like so many people that I could have spoken to about. I was, I like, when I told you about that Nike job, I, I kind of hit rock bottom. I, that's when I got to a point where I was like, I just felt really alone. I just felt I had no one that I could really, um, this is not a sob story. <laughs> I just felt really like I just had no one who was gonna help me. I just felt like if something happened now, no one's gonna help me. The only person I can rely on is myself, which is so dumb because there's so many people out there. And now I've got such, since then I've changed away a lot of the way I work. And I feel like I've got more experience and I'm kind of a bit more grounded with stuff. But for a long time, I think maybe it was an air of like, I don't need anyone. I could just do it. I was very like, even now I really struggle with people. My boyfriend would definitely agree with this. That I really struggle with people telling me what to do. <laughs> in a sense of like clients, like I'm, I'm good in that sense, but like anyone like, anyone like who's kind of close to me, I struggle taking advice. <laughs> I struggle taking like, um guidance I suppose and like, or, like not guidance but I struggle being told what to do because even if someone's trying to help me I used to take it as like don't tell me what to do and that's kind of all for seven back to like me being at school being told that I can't sit next to my mate in the art class or whatever and walking out <laughs> but do you know what I mean you know when you like can, can like track it back to like why you still feel like that yeah. but um, I definitely had like I'm um, like I suppose like my network of like support would be just the people that I was closest with like Josh was one definitely one of them at the time because all the jobs that I was working on in film were always with Josh and then in stills it was probably Dean so because I'd always work with him like on photo shoots so like they were probably like the two people that I would probably go to um and the rest of it was just kind of like winging it on my own and I did I definitely really struggled with that but now I'm so much better at actually asking for help like that's as my friend Aisha, who like I share a studio with, um, she was like, even though she's like way like younger than me, and like she, I like I kind of like worked with her when she was like starting out in the industry. She was actually the first person to say to me like, India, like you do know, like you should ask for help when you need it. Like you know why? Like people used to say to me, why have you not got an assistant helping you and stuff? And I'd be like. Oh, it's just more hassle like trying to find someone than it is just doing it on my own and now I've got like and that was just so stupid and really naive of me just to think that I could do it on my own and just handle all of that pressure and stress and just work just workload physical workload but now I've got like a really strong like network of people who are definitely there to help me and like when I get stuck I do actually ask for help and ask for advice which before I, I never used to do that's a good thing. Um, I mean, talking about advice, that's the last sort of section uh, that we usually have on, on the podcast. Um, what would be your advice to people who are, you know, maybe, you know, you a few years ago, um, you're sort of trying to find your way in the industry a little bit. You like, you may not be properly schooled up on the terminologies yet, but you're just kind of throwing yourself out there to try and get the experience and, and you know, meet people and get some time in the environment. Uh, you know, what would you say to people doing that kind of stuff or, or even people who haven't yet broken into the creative industry? Like what, what would your advice be to, to people? I suppose like, I always just think like just always being like yourself and always being really true to what you want. Um, and just like I always just think like if you can just work like the hardest and just if you are if you've got like this opportunity and you're on set, like don't be afraid to go and ask people like what they're doing, because like 
people want to like help and they do want to tell you like that's kind of how I learned just by asking people what they did and you kind of feel like a bit stupid and but I think like the more questions you ask like I think it's like not being scared to like show that you don't know everything like you don't have to I think a lot of people have like I think a lot of people feel like they need to know exactly what they're doing and I think it's like not being scared to say like actually I don't actually know what I don't really know how this works but I'm willing to learn I think showing people that is really important because like um that's cut, like because I had no formal film training like I've kind of went into it and like I had no idea I didn't even know I didn't know what a DOP was I didn't know what any person on on a set really did and like I remember I was being booked on jobs to like book full film film crews and I had no idea what I'd be googling what a first AC was mm -hmm. so like do you know what I mean and like not being scared to actually ask people like questions and like really try and like learn from them and just like when you are on set like again you don't have to be like the most talented or the most creative or whatever but just being yourself and being really hard working like I just think that like I just feel like if you're like willing to just like really dig deep and like really like try and help everyone and just like get involved in as many things as you can like I think at the start it's so important like don't limit yourself to like just being one just being one thing at the start even if you know what your end goal is like I want to be a director I want to be a producer like try out all the other bits because then you will have just such a like greater understanding of the full job and that's kind of like what happened to me like I just tried out a few different things to try and really work out what it is I want to do and and like you never that never stops like I, I'm still learning now I'm still not 100% sure what I want to do I think that's really important for people to know that even though it looks like you've got your shit together a lot of the times you, you really don't and you still don't know what you want to do and you know you're still working things out and it's frustrating and there's going to be times which are really high and times that are low and also just like never like giving up on like being like creative and like never letting like situations or feeling like defeated like if you have one op obstacle and it doesn't work out just knowing that like just push through it and like something will come of it some someone will see your ability or talent someone will give you that opportunity or chance like don't be defeated if you fall at the first hurdle because like most of us like it takes a while to like get into it and just really believing in like your ability like if you know you're good for it and you know that you're determined and driven and that you'll make it work like just don't 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 give up on it man Philosophical, <laughs> 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 but yeah that, that's honestly like and I think that's a really important thing to know that even if like Instagram is like such a like highlight reel and people do look like a like, lot I know we're all um, we all do it like we compare ourselves to other people and like oh I wish I was doing this I wish I was doing that but just knowing that we've all got we're all developing our abilities at different times there's no race there's no time limit to it like just do it in your own time and like never give up on what you really want and also don't sell yourself out for like something you don't believe in like make sure you like stay true to like who you are and your identity and like knowing knowing your worth is so important like don't set yourself with like low ambitions like go aim for like the highest possible thing you can and then work your way down from that if you have to but I think it's always better to just like have that mentality just go for it yeah amazing awesome well thank you so much India um I really hope we sort of get to work together soon that'd be really yeah. and I thank you so much for having me it's been really nice chatting with you yeah no, absolutely um well yeah I'll uh, I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your Saturday uh probably gonna go back to bed <laughs> 
for a walk. I haven't left. I haven't left my flat in like a whole week. I've been in like Zoom Zoom shoot mode. So I'm gonna go and actually walk and get some fresh air. And like, I think it's sunny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna do that. But yeah, I hope you enjoy your weekend. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. I'll um I'll see you soon. Yes, bye. Nice one. Thanks a lot. That is all we have time for this week on the podcast, guys. But please subscribe to ensure you catch all of our future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at family and friends. That's F-M-L-Y and friends, all one word. For news on our new community hub. And please also check out our main page at Family Creative. That's on Instagram. Or our main website, family-creative.com. We'll catch you next time.